building a company from nothing is freaking hard. Us entrepreneurs are expected to deal with unimaginable challenges and somehow keep a cool head through it all. This is The Art of Entrepreneurship, and I'm your host, Jackie Hermes. I grew my company, Excelity, from zero to seven figures with no partners and no funding. The Art of Entrepreneurship is a show where we cut through the BS and dig into what it actually takes to start and grow a company. If you give me your time, I promise it won't be wasted. Now let's get to work. Hello and welcome back to The Art of Entrepreneurship. Today we are discussing Instagram. Instagram is, man, it's kind of a tough platform to crack, right? Especially if you're just getting started. And our guest today is someone that I met through a friend of a friend so randomly after a conference in 2019 in New York. And I followed him on Instagram and I was amazed to see what he was doing there. He was growing an audience. He was landing brand partnerships with some pretty freaking cool brands. We'll talk about it in the podcast. And just showing people how to make drinks at home. Elliot Clark is the apartment bartender and he has steadily grown an Instagram presence since 2015. So he's been there through all of the ups and downs, the algorithm changes and more. If you are trying to grow an Instagram presence for your business or your personal brand, tune in. Hey, Elliot, thank you so much for joining me today. Hey, Jackie, appreciate it. Glad to be here. Yeah, absolutely. So let's see. I met you when? It was like four or five years ago at this point? Yeah, I think I think 2019. Okay. That's four years ago. That actually seems like it was yesterday, which is really weird. And I I have been following you on Instagram ever since and your entire journey. And I remember meeting you and learning about what you do and seeing your following and your content. And I was like, dang, you just really know what you're doing on the platform. Is it your main way of developing business? Thank you. It is my main way of developing business. I started on Instagram uh, back in 2015, uh, mainly because I didn't want to do a website or anything else. I felt like Instagram at that point in time was the easiest platform to use and to navigate and stuff. So that's that was the motivation behind starting on Instagram. It seemed very low maintenance, which is far from what it is now. I love that. You're like, looks cool. Honestly, starting on LinkedIn, I was like, people are posting content and getting 100,000 views just for taking a selfie video. Looks good. That's pretty yeah. much why I did it too. So that that works. Um, cool. So, I mean, the first question is how you got started. So you decided that it looked low maintenance, which yeah. is strange. And yeah. depends on how you started. Yeah. So I, I started the, the, the passion for learning how to make drinks at home and showing people how to home bartend and just create the kind of experience that you would have at a cocktail bar at home. You know, that started um, and that grew alongside like my desire for photography and wanting to take pictures of those drinks, you know, people eat and drink with their eyes. And so for me, it was just a hobby and Instagram was the most low maintenance place to kind of do that. I didn't set out with any desire to grow and stuff at that time. Like the word influencer was not a thing. Um, And, you know, working with brand partnerships and, and navigating those on social media was still really new. So for me, I feel like that's how I got started just because, again, it seemed like a nice creative outlet that wasn't going to necessarily be this thing that was taking me away from my full-time job, which was software sales at the time and stuff. So it just was like a cool, you know, 
after work thing to do that, you know, my friends got the benefits of having some good cocktails. Hey, yeah. I mean, I feel like most people would be like, great, sign me. Yeah, that looks exactly. amazing. Every time I see a post and you're making something new, I'm like, I think I need to do that. Like, yeah. you just make it. It looks so good. Um, so speaking of brand partnerships, I've seen you have struck some pretty crazy deals and that's all from Instagram. Yeah. Cause I, I have other platforms like several years back when I started YouTube and then tried to do Pinterest and then did, you know, some stuff on Twitter and did Instagram and then have like started messing around with TikTok. And, you know, I have a hard time keeping up with Instagram by myself. And, um, you know, so I just kind of at a point narrowed all my focus into that several years back. Um, and so things will pop up from other platforms, but more than anything, definitely Instagram has been the primary driver of most partnerships. That's insane. Okay. Do some name dropping. Who have you worked with and generated from Instagram? I've worked with pretty much every liquor brand you can think of from Patron to Bacardi to the Diageos of the world to William Grant to McAllen, um, Crate and Barrel, Target, LG, GQ, Esquire, uh yeah and the list goes on i think i saw your lg partnership launch and i was like dang and yeah was, the fridge <laughs> yeah very very cool and so i think that's just a testament to what you can really do if you go all in on a platform so many people mm-hmm. preach like you need to be on you know so many different platforms and the purpose mm-hmm. of me doing this social series is like pick one and get really good at it, right? Mm-hmm. And you can expand if you have the bandwidth, the time, the energy, mm-hmm. the constant ideas to expand onto other platforms. However, keeping up, like you said, can be really difficult. Yeah, um, absolutely. That actually leads into another question because your content is so, so high quality. And mm-hmm. it sounds like, are you still managing it yourself or do you have people that help you produce it now? Um, as far as like producing it, I either will do it myself if it's a light lift you know, project or say, for example, if I'm doing just more organic content. Um, the thing I like about how content has shifted now is it's like low quality, lower quality, more iPhone, almost like user generated content has become the thing that does really well. And so you don't have to be as picky about, you know, the background and, you know, if everything's clean and all that stuff, I feel like you can kind of just be more yourself and more approachable. Um, but then I know on the brand partnership side, you know, the thing for brands is, can they use that content? Can they boost that content? Can they use it on their own channels or whatever they want to do with it? So, you know, I, I still like to do high quality content, but that is more for brands to use. Um, so with that, like I do have a small crew that I work with here. Um, and for me, I, I lean more into like the creative slash art direction for shoots and stuff like that. Well, you know, I have photographers and videographers and stuff that I work with for, you know, projects that often don't live on on the channel. Yeah, it's incredible the level of work that you can do with an iPhone now or with, yeah. you know, just so little equipment. People ask me all the time how to get started, you know, shooting videos or with a podcast. And I'm like, uh, like, I don't even phone. know. Yeah, I don't know the brand of this mic, random. Like, I shoot mm-hmm. all of my videos, just me looking at my phone, usually rambling off the top of my head about, you know, whatever I'm thinking about business-wise. Mm-hmm. So the, the like, entry point to get started growing a brand on social is so much lower than it used to be, which is really free. Yeah, yeah it is cool. I feel like it's become very... Uh... It's almost become a necessity to create some sort of content, especially if you do own a business. 
or if you're self-employed, I feel like at the very least, like before creating content, like there were so many different traditional ways of marketing that, you know, social media was still kind of like this, you know, what is it? And I think now it's just here to stay and it's evolving. And, you know, at the very least, I feel like just being able to create your own content and do it with, you know, something as simple as a phone, you know, is a good way to just generic conversation with the people that engage with you or the community that you're trying to build without having to spend, you know, an arm and a leg to do it. Yeah, exactly. People are always talking about the algorithm. The algorithm changed and oh no, Mm -hmm. people aren't seeing my content anymore. And you said you started on Instagram in 2015. So you've been doing it for Mm -hmm. eight years. You've Mm -hmm. been through a lot of freaking algorithm updates. Yeah. What do you do when it changes or when they start saying like, oh, you have to post reels. You have to mm-hmm. now they're going back to photos. I think I don't know. I post mostly pictures of my kids. But mm-hmm. talk to me about how you figure out what to do when the algorithm changes so that your content continues to be seen and you can continue growing. Yeah, that's a great question. I feel like my response to that is a little bit unique because. I think there is a responsibility on the platform to listen to creators and to, I think Instagram has been really wild with all these changes. I think they're kind of trying to be all things to all people, which is, you know, something that we don't control. And so I feel like that was something that I really had to uh, have honest conversation with myself about as a creative of, you know, you can consistently be looking at the algorithm and be disappointed with the fact that like, it's not showing your stuff. It's not um, prioritizing your content to the people that have already chosen to follow you um, and let that impact the, what you create. And I feel like subtly it starts to impact what you create to do things to be seen versus do things to add value to your community. Um, and I feel like what I do is just lean more into creating the things that I enjoy, creating the things that I feel like are still true to me and then just doing that consistently um you know i think consistency will outlast any algorithm changes you know i started and when i started it was you know iphone photos to higher quality photos which were prioritized and then it became like short form video and then it became you know what it is now and so excuse me there are so many different types of content that work and i think it's just having a good arsenal of content. I don't think you always have to do short form video. I think you can do great photo and then you could do short form video and then you can do low quality photo and you can do this mix of things that you feel works for you and just do that consistently. Because again, I do, I really do feel like that is going to outlast any changes and stuff that the algorithm has. And, you know, I spent a lot of time being just frustrated with what you're expressing of like your content not being seen and stuff. And after a while, you get tired of being frustrated and you just mm-hmm. kind of like say, hey, this is this is what it is. And I think at the end of the day, it comes down to you think that you're not going to grow. And if you don't grow, you're not going to get brand partnerships. And if you don't get brand partnerships, then you're not going to get paid. And if you don't get paid, you're not going to be able to pay your bills. And so like there's this fear that your livelihood is going to be disrupted because of this change. When I think if you are choosing to go down the self-employment route or small business route, like you're already setting yourself up for an environment of just nonstop disruption, you know? So it's, it's almost like just another part of the uncertainty of running a business. And the only thing that you control is what you create and how consistently you create. So that would be my advice to anybody is just to stay consistent with, with what you're creating and don't be afraid to try new things. I think some of that frustration comes because some people are like, well, I'm not good on video, but it's like, well, you haven't even tried it. 
So, you know, I think it's really important to just be okay trying new things as well. Yeah, you got to suck at everything for a while before you get good at it. Someone, I was telling someone the other day they needed to do more video and she was like, well, you know, easy for you to say because you're so good at it. And I'm like, yeah, I've been posting videos of myself talking on LinkedIn for five years. Right. Yeah, I better be good at it by now or I probably should have quit by now. But, (laughs) you know, like the first videos, the guy that I was working with at the time when I started shooting said that he I didn't even notice he never posted my first few videos because he said they were absolutely terrible. And I was all like, oh, I'm awesome. You know, like got that confidence thing down. Um, okay. Definitely takes their petition. It does. And consistency is like the name of the game in anything you want to be successful at in your personal life, at work, whatever it may be. I think mm-hmm. everything takes a little bit longer and a little bit more effort than you think it's going to. And so mm-hmm. you have to push through a lot of uncertainty mm-hmm. when you're running a company. Yeah, absolutely. So since I started following you, well, since we met and I started mm-hmm. following you, Your life has changed a lot. And that's kind of like, it's an interesting part of a personal brand is that when Mm -hmm. your life changes, you either can choose to incorporate some of those changes or not. So for example, you're a dad now. And I see you choosing to incorporate that and like, you know, moving from the apartment to a house and you renovated your house, right? You can see that I've been watching all your stories on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, it seems like you've incorporated it really seamlessly into your brand. Was there like a decision around how to do that and whether you were going to do it or was it just natural for you? And like, how did you do it? Yeah, great question. And I'm glad it it looks seamless because it was a lot of brainstorming and there was a lot of just internal wrestling with how to do it, especially with, you know, I think it kind of started back during the pandemic, like, you know, going into that and, you know, before the pandemic, just being on the road a lot um, and traveling a lot. And I also had this feeling like, okay, well, I'm apartment bartender and I'm doing this and I'm teaching people about being at home. But the joke, the running joke was, you know, people would call me never in your apartment bartender. Right. And so (laughs) it kind of was the opposite of what I was doing where I was, I was trying to create this at home experience, but I was never home. And then the pandemic, that was kind of like the peak time of people being home and looking for great experiences at home. And then after becoming a dad, um, and I feel like I was more so wrestling with how do I show it? You know, do I really want to broadcast my personal, personal life and stuff? And, um, you know, kind of back to the algorithm stuff of just not wanting to wrestle with this thought that I had to continue to create all these things that I was before that it was okay to, you know, create things around the things that I enjoy. And, you know, the thing that I naturally enjoyed was the time that I was spending with my son and just the growth of being a new dad. And what I kind of realized is that I feel like it actually added to what I was doing. I feel like it brought in a more holistic approach where it kind of brought me back home. It showed me what having a home really felt like, um, which I feel like I was missing before when I didn't have a kid. And when I was traveling and stuff, I felt like the journey kind of led me back home and led me back to, you know, the reason of why I started. And so showing my son was more of a, it was a conscious decision because me and my, my partner, Alejandro, we talked about that of like, okay, how do we want to present, you know, uh, Elijah on social media? Um, cause she has a social following as well. Um, 
But for me, I realized that a lot of my community and my followers have grown in their lives too, right? Mm -hmm. So a lot of people were new parents and experiencing that, you know, and so we're not, you know, we might've moved to the suburbs. We're not going downtown. We're not traveling. So it kind of lent itself still to the fact that like people want great experiences at home and a great cocktail is a great way to do that. And it's also a really good way to create moments with, you know, the people that come over or just hospitality moments that you have at home. Um, because again, having a kid, like, you know, you're not doing all the things that you might've done before. So, you know, I felt like it was really seamless. Um, the one partnership that ended up coming from that, that I feel like in all my time doing this was really special was doing something with Creighton Kids where they redid my son's room and, you know, decked it out and all of that stuff. So it was really cool to kind of take what I was doing to get to a point where I felt like it was now benefiting my son and, you know, my family. So I felt like it was, it was pretty seamless, but it started becoming seamless when I stopped trying to wrestle with it, you know, you know, like trying to present myself in the way that I was before versus like, Hey, this is who I am now. And, you know, you're either going to rock with it or you're not, but ultimately, you know, I, I think I was never, I think getting, staying in touch with like, it took me back to the why of why I started this. And it was about the home experience and being a parent and, um, you know, drinks is just a drink, right? So it's, it's all the things that go around it that I think is really important. Like the food, it's who you're with. It's what does the home look like? Um, what are you wearing? You know, who is it that you're spending time with? Like what experience are you trying to create? And then, oh, by the way, here's a really great old fashioned, right? So I think zooming out from the drink and zooming into just real life and understanding that I grew, my followers grew, um, the platform changed. And, you know, it was something that I just wanted to stay consistent with what my life was at that current moment. And then whatever happened, happened. Um, and it's, and it's, it's worked out. I'm really happy because I feel like it was more of a long-term play than, you know, a short-term decision to try to maintain what was, you know, because I think in the end that would have just caused more frustration. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think that making the decision to involve your family in it is perfect because it's you. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. that's what people like the most about following a brand is like Mm -hmm. there's a person. It's not just a you're not some like nameless logo. I guess companies do have names, but I digress. Okay, I do have a question that we didn't talk about and I know we're about out of time, but your partner is an influencer as well, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she is. What's what's that like? What's that like? It's actually like having having both of you as, you know, like influencers and growing following and stuff. Yeah, no, I I, I love it, actually. Like like I when we when we met, you know, that was something that we really connected on is the fact that she understood what I do and I understood what she did. And so, you know, weekly we have, you know, talks about each other's stuff. She's more on the fitness side of things, which is kind of cool because I'm more like the foodie and the drinks person and she's like the fitness person that reels us back in to yeah. you know maintaining health healthy lifestyle but yeah it's been good we we connect on that and we help each other and she's great at creating content and you know i love to help her in what she's doing and she helps me in what i'm doing and you know she'll hand model and she'll do all these things for drink shoots and stuff so we have a really good synergy that works and uh and i i, I like the fact that you know, we're able to kind of create our own schedules that works for our family and works around, you know, being home with Elijah quite a bit and stuff. So I feel like it's it's worked out as as best as it could. Yeah, that's amazing. My husband is an entrepreneur, too, and we talk business and what we're each doing all the time. Just on, 
you know, like different yeah. strategies that we're trying or clients that we're having a hard time with, like, what would you do? Mm-hmm. And it's, exactly. it's like, it's like a different level of relationship because we really, I feel like get each other on like every single level. Right. And you would think that you would get tired of it, but I feel like in my, just in terms of who I am, like I enjoy talking about creative and work and stuff and you know so does she you know and we have different strengths like she is more she's more um organizational she's more kind of analytical in how she approaches things and i'm very like vision dreamer you know you know very you know i feel this i feel this i feel you know and so it's it's when we come together we complement each other so i feel like the conversation is always really fruitful because uh, it's not forced. We both enjoy it and it, it helps us both. So I hear you on what you're saying. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Last question. Last, but definitely not least. So we talked about a ton and I feel like mm-hmm. we got into a bunch of different topics. If there is one thing that you said say, like someone's listening to this podcast and they're walking away with one most important takeaway, what is it? I think the most important takeaway is the aspect of creating what you think is true to what you're doing true to your brand, true to adding value to your community and doing that consistently and not investing too much time in the frustration of trying to anticipate what these platforms are doing and trying to beat it to get seen. You know, I think true growth comes from, again, creating and creating consistently um, and creating that value consistently because that has been the thing that has kept me on this journey for, like you said, eight years, which is crazy. And mm-hmm. To say it's been a nearly a decade um, is, is insane, but I attest that to, you know, just the consistency of, of staying true to what I feel like is best for what I'm doing for my audience. And that's proved to be true. So, you know, that would be the takeaway that I, I try to leave with somebody. Consistency is such a hugely important and underrated message, like not talked mm-hmm. about enough. Actually, my business is celebrating a decade this year, which hey, is so weird. I'm like... I think I'm still 25, though. Like, right. how could how could that even be happening? I'm exactly. very confused. I love it. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. And for everyone that's listening, if you got value out of the podcast today, I definitely know that you did. Share this with just one person, one person that's considering getting started on Instagram or that's working on growing a following. And I will talk to you next time. Thank you. <laughs>